0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What?, a comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Welcome to June, as Graham McMillan and I slide back and forth in time, talking Wasteland, Invasion, and Time Masters from the late 80s, early 90s, The Nice House on the Lake from just last week, The Talent Change happening on the Hulk in the near future, Season 2 of Jupiter's Legacy happening in the non-future, The Unlikely Trinity of Simonson, Severin, and Truman, and much, much more in this two-hour-plus episode. As always, we welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram... And Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Laster, Graham McMillan,
1: hello, hello. I was uh, trying to clear my throat, and I found myself with the inability to clear my throat as the phone was ringing. Wow, like minor panicking.
0: Mm. So it's like literally, it's like. That uh, that's that is quite a, the bummer. I gotta say. I I hope I hope. It now that's what mute buttons are for. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to start a podcast with minor panic. Yes,
0: minor panic and an inability to express leads to leads to uh, so much potential for the next uh, hour or so that we are gonna chat things up. So, uh, sorry, I misheard you, I thought you were going to say
1: that we were going to enchant.
2: We're going to that's enchant.
1: Wait, like, wait, great way that we should, we should talk about the podcast that way all the time. <laughs> we really should. Tonight's enchanting podcast.
0: Welcome, listeners, to the enchanting world of, wait, what?
1: Wait, are we Neil Gaiman all of a
0: sudden? <laughs> I am a storyteller, and the magic <laughs> of stories is the really teller is you. the story. What's that?
1: I'm a weaver of
0: tales. (laughs) I I'm a tweaver, if you will. A Twee Weaver (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: Somehow it got it got harsh.
0: It got it yeah, exactly. It got it it ramped right up to mean. Uh yeah, poor poor Neil, poor Neil. Just gotta wipe his eyes with money. You know, I uh
1: really if all those tears with all of the money he's made.
0: Oh my god, dude! I was uh, okay. So I, uh, as, I was in Reno, uh, and I should have mentioned this, of course, because we recorded right after I got back from Reno. But among the things that I saw there that blew my mind is walking through the casino. You know, you've got these licensed um, gambling machines. Sure, yeah. You know, like the Are video you going to
1: tell things. me there's an American Gods gambling machine? Yes,
0: there is. You got it in one. You got it in fucking one. Neil Gaiman, just look.
1: He's, he, how is he going to get the dreams out there if not turning them into uh, gambling machines? In Dude,
0: just wait. It bodes so well for the upcoming Sandman series. I can't even stand it. Also, weirdly enough, hot stuff. You know, the devil in diapers had his own little uh, machine. I could. I was a little. I was the old little, cartoon character. Yes. Yeah, from the Harvey characters, and I was like, okay, wait, okay, is there? Because if let's face it, like, there, if you're going to pick from the Harvey constellation to, you know, run some rigged gambling machine, sure, hot stuff. But where the fuck is Richie Rich? And you know where? Not in Reno. I could not find him in that uh, particular uh, casino. Look.
1: He stays rich by not going into casinos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, man. It would be amazing to get, you know, someone do sort of the Mark Russell-esque version of, you know, retelling the story of Richie Rich, but it's just Donald Trump, you know? <laughs> and Trump in su- the little short I pants. i
1: sure and... someone did
0: that, right? I, right? You would think, There's right? There's
1: almost no way in the four years of the Trump presidency that that someone did not do Richie Rich, but it's Donald Trump.
0: Okay, let's see
1: Richie I Rich. Who owns, like, who owns the Harvey characters now? Well,
0: see, that's it. They've changed hands a lot. Some they somebody licensed them and then was reprinting them and then was going to. I like, think Harvey was like, "No, we're going to bring out our own characters and do our own things." And then it doesn't. Oh yeah, we'll never get an actual response here. Oh wait, no, here, that one's pretty good. It almost looks like a piggy bank. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's that is perfectly all right. I'm going to have to save this image. Let's see if I can send it to you. How am I going to do
1: this? I uh, guess who owns the Harvey characters now?
0: Uh, is it Garb Sheamus?
1: Uh, no, it's DreamWorks. Oh, really? Yeah, DreamWorks apparently uh bought it in two thousand one.
0: Really? Okay. Well, that's interesting. I f- I definitely feel like there was an attempt. To, um, okay, is that going to work, oh, bastards? All right, you just hold on. Something to me? I did oh, you sent a link. Yeah, no, you ho- did. Looks like you sent a
1: picture of Link. Hang yeah, on.
0: hold on. I know it's the worst. Give uh, me a hang second. On. Uh,
1: oh no, wait! It's
0: here. Do this. Do that. That's better.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh boy,
0: mm-hmm. that's.
1: That's, well, that's going to go in the show notes. Yeah, it, uh, I'm
0: saving it now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Richie Trump or whatever they call him. Um, boy, I don't like even looking at this guy even now. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> he's doing a speech today or he's done a speech today apparently.
1: Mm. He's coming back because I saw that in the Guardian this morning. I was like, no. <laughs>
0: no. No, let's not. <laughs> we, we did that, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I think they they call him bitchy rich on this. Of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. So that's that's our clever uh, political commentary. Now that um, you know, now that that's over. Now that yeah, exactly. To the extent that it's over is it has at least receded to the point where we can imagine that oh,
1: it's over. I, th- I thought you meant like our clever
0: political comment. Oh you? no 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 sorry. Oh. <laughs> I meant the nightmarish... Hey, speaking of nightmares uh, and things you, we thought were over, Wasteland Issues 1 through 3 dropped on DC Universe this week. And how awesome was that, right? They're great. I only
1: I read issue 1. I, I am doling them out because I only read
0: like one of the short stories at a time. But it's such a fucking good comic. It's really strong, man. I forgot how... I mean, I remember the stuff well, but I'm like... Fondly, but I'm like... Yeah, it it holds up, I gotta it say. It really does. Right? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really really does. Yeah. Which was
1: great to see.
2: Because yes. I remember
1: the time I was arguably too young to be reading it. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. But that it made a big impact on me anyway. Right. You know, I, I, I was like, oh, this this is like, what the fuck is this? And I didn't quite get it, but I mm-hmm. liked it, if that mm-hmm. makes
0: sense. Yeah, Totally. Total. You know,
1: when you when you read things and you don't... Like, you are too young, not in the sense of, like, you know, this will scary you for life, but in the sense of, like, you literally don't understand some of it. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, you know, the, the first, there, there's at least, I, I think it's an ongoing uh, motif, as I remember, but there's just about every issue has some um, story from Del Close's autobiography where most of the time... Ta- He's on drugs and or... I mean, the first first issue has a sequence of him um, in the Chicago sewers hallucinating and you never really find out how, if he's even really actually in the sewers, you know? It's... Um, so I can only imagine as a kid. I remember reading that as, you know, I think a college-age adult and being kind of like, what? But looking at it, Especially considering that it's very much them trying to do something in the horror anthology, sort of updating House of Mystery, you know, for, it really, I mean, it so overshoots that mark. The stuff in it is so good. Right,
1: it it, it, it really outstrips. It's interesting, I, I'm i not sure if I ever read
0: the first issue, mm. but
1: the, the text piece in the first issue, where the more or less do say it right, yeah, we're trying to reboot House of Mystery.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Right, You know, I, I, and it does, you're right, it does outstrip that significantly.
0: It really outperforms the job it was given. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. In some ways, it sort of also reminds me of, like, they say House of Mystery, but it's almost like if you cross House of Mystery with, like, Plop or something, you know what I mean? Like, pl- I really do hope they reprint Plop, because that, that was the stuff that I was too young for that I read that freaked me out and i really am kind of curious to see sort of how that holds up and if it says um i just remember um, it is am
1: i wrong that like they reprinted that in a uh an anthology of something
0: else um oh f- fucking hell maybe a sergio and aragonus well that i mean maybe it would just be some of his stories in there but i mean they had a lot of they had a lot of different stuff like yeah you know that first issue because, like for example, um, it's one of one of Bernie Wrightson's great pieces. I think is uh, about the uh, the chef who, like you know, has an insatiable appetite for frogs legs, and he keeps like you know making all these frogs legs meals and then and then he's he's basically attacked by all these frogs in little tiny wheelchairs at the end of the story and this is Bernie Wrightson stuff and i was like i don't know 7 or something i don't remember maybe i was 8 i was horrified like horrified that that was among the creepiest things i think i'd ever seen in a in a comic book that jack kirby's the demon and, like, an old Warren comic that was in black and white that had a mummy in it. Um, I'm trying to remember why I found that one so disturbing. Because it wasn't... <laughs> I, I'm super curious now. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: so you grew up on, on this stuff, and, like, I, I'm, I'm guessing you probably read, like, some of the anthology books as well? Uh, You know,
0: sort of. Sort of. Like, you well, know... I, I...
1: I'm just yeah. thinking about the, mm-hmm. you know, that, you're talking about that story making such an, uh, an impression mm-hmm. on you. And, like, it's kind of a dumb O'Henry story if O'Henry was dumber, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Um, but it makes me think of the two thousand eighty Future Shocks.
2: hmm
1: mm-hmm. Right, where you would get, like, one-off stories where they are, you know, twists slash shock endings that could every now and again be grotesque or mm-hmm. extreme in a way that was genuinely surprising and disturbing. Right. right, right,
0: yeah.
1: And, like, they had such an impact on me when I was a kid.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But also, reading that sort of thing and reading things that weren't always continuing stories. Mm-hmm. Right. Or mm-hmm. not reading things that didn't always have happy endings. Right. Just like it's a, a particular part of my comic reading when I was a kid.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. that makes sense, because, of course, you're I, perfectly situated for it. You know. But I'm wondering
1: if like is that something that's missing in today's comics?
0: Uh,
1: in... Shit happening on a regular basis.
0: I don't know. I I mean that's that's really such. I mean that's a, that's I think a an an excellent question. Um, I think that
1: I don't want to be like, are the kids missing out? <laughs> but I kind of think, are the kids missing out?
0: Um. I You know, I mean, okay, well, so the thing is, is Graham, is you being raised as a Brit kid on Brit anthologies, and me being raised as an American kid, and occasionally touching base with the American anthologies, like... It's a very experience. Yeah, those, like, the American kids are not missing out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, God love them. The stories of House of Mystery and House of Secrets, like, even the stuff that I dipped into that I was a little too scared of, like... They were. They never really managed to top their covers. Like, their covers were always awesome and seemed to spell doom and fear. But then you read the insides, and for me, it was always like... I mean, a lot of the American writers, and bless them, some of them are dudes who went on to do a lot of, you know, what I think of as super enjoyable superhero work... Like, their stuff was really kind of like, oh, my shock twist is he thought he was a vampire, but he's actually a werewolf. You know what I mean? Like, that was most of the twist. Like, oh, you thought it was a a, a pastiche of A, but it's actually a pastiche of C, choke, you know? And I, it didn't...
1: Yeah, but you thought they were going to go to B, so it really worked out.
0: Yeah, right? Exactly. It's like, oh, clever. Clever. They're a ghost, neither a werewolf nor vampire. Well, well played, Steve Skeets. Well played. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, it didn't. That stuff d- didn't work it, for me generally. But also, I think. I mean. I, I mean, apart from the fact that 2080, of course, is still around, although I think there's probably fewer Brit kids reading it now than ever, um, or UK kids, I should say. I I think I. Th- I think that it's so hard to tell what happens when you swap out comics as where kids got them through um, the drugstore, supermarket, you know, and maybe the occasional scholastic book fair or inside your uh, newspaper, as opposed to now where there's so much internet stuff. Like, I feel like there's so many good internet anthologies and you know uh, like anthologies created of really talented web comics people um mm-hmm. i just feel like i feel like they're the that the bar is raised it's kind of different at the same time but i don't necessarily think that it's i i mean i don't you know like a part of me is like I'm not sorry that, like, kids today aren't reading GI combat, you know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah, I, I should I guess be.
1: What, mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I'm really missing is
0: the good ones.
1: Right, sure. Yeah, 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 right. You know, like, I think there is something to, honestly, there's something to shitty ones as well, but it's, it's I guess it's got to be a particular flavor of shit. Right. You know, the entertaining, even when they're not good. Yes. I remember when I was a kid getting particularly an issue of ghosts
3: mm, um, uh-huh.
1: and, and getting all excited because, like, it's a DC comic and, and, you know, the cover was great. The cover was, I do not, all I remember is like a ghost was roaring towards the, the reader and, like, people surrounding the body that it was coming from were sort of looking up in shock. That's right. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, but that was exciting, and it was, like, a DC comic, and it was an American comic, and so this is great. And, like, I'm young, young mm-hmm. at the point this is happening. I'm, like, five, maybe. Right, right. Um, and I remember being really disappointed by it. Yeah, see? Because, <laughs> like, it wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get, like, you know, there are bad ones, but there are also good ones, and there are also ones that are good because they're bad in a particular way. Oh, sure. You know, sure, yeah. and, but I think there's something about the the one-offs and the sort of the one-offs with the O'Henry Henry twists. You know, that is great. That does educate your brain in a way that, like, ongoing superhero comics doesn't. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, and can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do, like, I do think, in a weird way, reading Future Shocks created like a a taste for genuinely the unexpected. Right. At a young right. age. Yeah. You know, um in a way that I think is is healthy, is good. Mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: Mhm.
1: I don't know man. I'm just and you you just you said the the thing about the the anthology and I was like, "Oh shit." Right. <laughs> Well, like, I, oh, that's that's important.
0: I, I mean, I that's think that's
1: one that, of the reasons I like Wasteland so much, to get back to what we were originally talking
0: about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, Wasteland does do that, but also just does it really, really well. Um, I was going to say the other thing that's really nice about Wasteland is for the most part, and this is you know when when you you have a certain amount of sort of weird comic savviness and i don't remember when i found out about it but it you know at a certain point you manage to get your hands on some ec comic reprints right and then at that point to me the game's really up cuz ec ec stuff is you know particularly for the american market that's where all of it came from and yes. so seeing it in its undistilled format and seeing kind of how much... I mean, that's that's kind of the weird thing. Like, I don't think I've really processed it until now, but, you know, like, essentially EC got so big, was destroyed by, you know, the creation of the Comics Code Authority and the Kefauver committee hearings and all this stuff that more or less existed before among other things, you know, everyone pitched in on the Comics Code Authority that really more or less existed only to drive EC out of business. And mm-hmm. then everyone proceeded to, to churn out sort of boulderized versions of that. You know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah. it's a. It, I think there's something that's also a little doubly disappointing about that you know and and again i see your point and i think and again when you get back to some of the ec stuff um it's you know it does have that punch um or to the extent that it's diluted you realize that it's diluted by everyone just watering down that kool-aid for such a long time that you can all all that barely remains is the color of the, the the liquid but But I think part of why Wasteland is so great is it really does do something closer to to what the Brits do, which is, you know, let's tell stories with a twist that are set in a recognizable um, present, you know? And it really helps when you've got such amazingly good illustrators on Wasteland that you do. I mean, you know, you've got Del Close and John Ostrander telling stories but then you got david lloyd and george what was his name sanders george george freeman george freeman he is amazing Uh, holy shit i forgot yeah he's
1: amazing amazing um but you've also got like william messner Loeb's is one of their yes
0: absolutely william messner Loeb. right and his
1: stuff is so good his art is so good Right, um, but like Don Simpson's on there as
0: well, right? Yeah, I, and his Simpson stuff is amazing. Like, I'll be very curious to have you read it. And there's a a weird American splendor pastiche in issue three that's crazy. And watching him riff on R. Crumb's version of Harvey P. stuff is just stunning. Yeah, no, it's just. It's just first-class talent. But but again, also, there's that thing of like, I don't know, you know, I, I just feel like, particularly that, you know, you had the Marvel stuff, and most of the Marvel stuff was reprints from things from the 50s and 60s. So it's, you know, if you're lucky, you get a Ditko story, but, like, everyone's, like, wearing hats and smoking pipes. You know what I mean? And then And then the DC stuff, like... They did a great job picking, I'm, but writing cont- contemporary stories. The stories weren't just reprints, but, you know, it was either artists that were, basically artists that were willing to work for super cheap or, you know, so it was great occasionally and that you'd see stuff like oh you know alex nino alfredo acala or or you know a couple of just amazing filipino artists um or european artists but you know so often it was you know hacky mortimer's next to last job and again even though the story is being is set in contemporary times he can't draw anyone without a hat and without a pipe and everyone's driving in Studebaker's, you know, so, um, yeah, it just, and it says something about Wasteland, is that they're not using it to break in new talent, unless you count Del Close's new comics talent, like, all of those people are pretty established by that point, and they all do, you know, it's, it's, it's all the same team through all the issues. So
1: I actually really like the format of it. So I feel like we're talking sort of around Wasteland without actually saying what Wasteland is for people who don't know. Oh, Wasteland is, as we're suggesting, yeah. uh, it was an anthology series. Every story in it was written by John Strander and Del Close. Uh, it ran 18 issues, and it had the revolving art team that we mentioned. There's three stories per issue. Three of the artists draw one story each, and the fourth artist draws the cover of that issue. Mm, Thank you. Uh, Which is a really nice structure, I think.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it runs for a year and a half, and it never never gets dull, for want of a better way of putting it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? It is... I, I talked about my love of, like, the O. Henry story, and, and the, you know, the, we mentioned the it's it's kind of a stealth reboot of House of Mystery, except so much better. It's kind of a homage to, like, the EC Comics, but it's also not. Right. Because there are, like, the Del Close autobio stories in there,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he doesn't do autobio literally, for want of a better way of putting it.
0: Yes, exactly. It's
1: as it's if he's doing autobio written almost entirely in metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. which make them, I mean, genuinely unusual and unexpected, but great.
0: Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's a story in here, I think, is it called R.A.B., I think, which is the second story in the first issue. Oh, yes. Yeah, where it's like just everything's packed with people and – there's, I guess, a certain amount of, um, you know, satirization, maybe, of taking taking yuppie culture at the time and moving it way too far in the, forward. But it's kind of shockingly accurate. You know, you've got the woman who's like, basically signs on to her computer and goes cruising for, you know, Uh, it's like a cross between Tinder, you know, and having an actual date with a dude and they're like talking about everything that they want in terms of criteria and then they get married, they have a kid, they talk about how much, you know, and they're just basically working all the time, like they are just to the point where oh yeah, RAB stands for Retroactive Abortion, so up to age nine, we can just backdate the abortion forms, and it's like the kid never list, uh, existed. And they literally just chuck their child out the window when it gets too annoying, you know. And it's a uh, it you know it's not subtle. Uh, and I oh, mean, oh no, not, not at all. But it is. But it's also amazing to read this many years later and be like, oh well, you know, uh, like it's it they saw some of this stuff coming anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's uh it was, it was an eye opener, but yeah, so there's, there really is something. And then the first story Fugu, which I think really does almost fall more in the sort of thing that you might've actually seen in a house of mystery story for the most part. You know, it's got, it's got a mysterious switch, you know, the, the thing that, people eat that supposedly promises them to you know perfect ecstasy and they get to see you know the infinite but of course that's just what everyone says because no one ever comes back from it and uh it was that itself that one was one where i was like oh yeah i can actually see this one sort of slipping by the editor you know joe orlando feeling kind of uh Feeling warmly daring. toward what's that?
1: Feeling a little bit daring. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. A little bit daring and being like, "Eh, I got nothing else, and eh, this Tony Isabella kid keeps bugging me. Sure, why not?" <laughs> you know.
1: Wow, I I, don't, I can't work out if that's like a
0: slam or not. Well, that, I, that's that's the that's the miracle of me, Graham. That's the miracle of me. So. People who have DC Universe Infinite, it, they uh, are dropping three issues of Wasteland a week, I think. Um, and but also they are, if you don't have access to DC Universe and you really want to check them out, they are they have also been added to Comicsology, or rather dropping there, I think, at the same time. So the first three issues are already up. And Comicsology already has pre-orders through to issue nine, I think. So, you know, if you're if you're interested, check it out. So, did you, Graham? Did you not break open the Who's Who update, nineteen eighty seven, issue one? <clears throat>
1: I did. I did. I did break that one open.
0: <laughs> I knew it. I knew, I was like, okay, if he didn't read all of Wasteland, surely. Surely he read. No, oh
1: no! Again, I've had a week where I've been like, "Oh, what will I read? Well, this makes no sense to read, so I will read that." Oh, Don't really? Um, no. Yeah, I did. I did have a uh, break of the Who's Who's update, and um, I bought that at the time.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like I, I had weird nostalgia of having that issue mm-hmm. of having like that that entire series because that. I mean, I was a big fan of the official handbook,
0: right? No, I, I had all the official of the handbook first... stuff. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the, the deluxe edition, the second edition. Yeah, like was my jam. Was mm-hmm. was and again, I'm ten or something when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Like that was eighty four, eighty five,
0: maybe mm-hmm. not. I should, I, feel I should look that up. Now, when that was, uh, which the handbook. Yeah, the, the handbook. Ones- I think, I think it probably finished up by 84. 80- Four, and then they did the update. Was oh, was it? Okay, Jesus Christ, yeah. Jeff. Wow, my memory's
1: bad. Um, let's see. 80, 82 to 84 was the first series.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, there you go. 85 to 88 was the second series. Wow. So I, I would have been like probably 10 when it started, not 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But yeah, I the, the deluxe edition, I, I studied. I mm-hmm. picked the second issue up randomly. Mm. At a comic book store, and there was there was something, and I never cared about things like the power definition. Right, like no, it went into far too much detail about how like powers and weapons went, and that that wasn't it for me at all. Mm. I was fascinated by the characters I'd never seen before,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like second or third. I think it's the second issue. I think it was the first one I picked up had the Celestials in it, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and I'd never seen them before. Mm-hmm. And I was just obsessed. Like I reread that entry over and over again. Mm. Uh, the beast, I think, is in the second issue as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved the beast from the comics. So like I read his, but it was the it was the the i have never seen before, or like my favorite characters. It was the art, but it was, and this is so weird, the first appearance tag. Yeah, like right, uh, like utterly obsessed me because I it made me go. Comics have a history. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, that really was just just like it. It felt like a whole new way of looking at comics for me at the time.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, yes, Whereas, I, yeah, as someone slightly older, I was it. Particularly, the Marvel Handbook felt like such a sort of the culmination of that worldview. I suppose. Yeah, you no, know? exactly. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. It,
3: it,
1: it it depend, it really depends what angle you're coming from like if you if you knew the comics then you're like okay
0: this this turns it into like this codifies the story they've been telling well and what i what i find interesting and i'm sure this has been talked to death on other probably better podcasts is is the difference between the marvel handbook and the who's who in the DC well, universe that that's what i was going to say so the who's who in comparison
1: felt much looser yeah right? The the official handbook felt very, you know, uh, Peter Sanderson and Mark Grunewald are like, okay, we have to actually work out how this works. How does this work? Mm -hmm. Like, how does everything relate? How how does how do these like how does Stiltman Stilts work? We've got Elliot Brown to draw out, um, you know, Mm -hmm. an actual an actual plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and and by comparison, like who's who is like here's some great art. Batman existed. He's called Bruce Wayne. (laughs) On you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. No, very, very much so. And, and of course...
1: Older, I prefer who's who, by far.
0: Well, I...
1: I prefer that loser.
0: You know, I've been thinking about revisiting both. I, as you know, both of these got omnibuses, and yes. money's, a, money's a little tight, but I came ridiculously close multiple times to putting in orders for each of them, just because of the... You know, yeah, these would be great. And then, of course, sort of, kind of slapping myself out of it. One thing I do have to say, I didn't read through it closely, but I really think that DC's um, approach, because you know, they basically all their all their art pages were kind of two toned. I guess you know, like
1: yeah, you had your you had your uh, main figure fully colored with black lines, and then the background is like one color. Yeah, it's, it's it, like a color knockout.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, which, it, I I remember at the time thinking that it wasn't great because I honestly thought you know they were doing it in part to show off. I think it was being done on Baxter paper or high end paper of some sort, and I was like, eh, it doesn't. It still looks kind of. It still looked murky, but now on digital, I'm actually like, oh, these look great so yeah you know. again
1: when i was a kid i didn't like that it felt too busy and it was like oh why would you do that but mm-hmm. you know looking through the, the update and honestly looking through the first issue of the update got me to look back at because they've got all 26 issues of the original who's who on dc universe as well
0: oh do they oh shit I should yeah check and i was out. like
1: oh i'm just gonna go look at because that series has that's the other thing mm-hmm. that series and the, for that matter the, the handbook as well but who's who has a shockingly good artist lineup oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: Totally. Like, like
1: the artists on that book are are stunning.
0: mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think it was everyone's, uh, you know, kind of everyone's dream gig as an artist. You know, you didn't have... You you drew a full-page illustration of a character, and then, you know, you got the art back that you could sell. You know what I mean? Like, it was just... It it was it was easy it was relatively easy yeah. money I would think but yeah no to, it's just a murderer's do, uh, row what's yeah. that you mm-hmm.
1: got to do a pinup mm-hmm.
0: exactly you're
1: paid exactly. by a publisher to do a pinup that you can then sell
0: yeah so I mean it just just there's there's so much good work in there that's just like oof and of course yeah who's doing the art on Batman that's Alan Davis isn't it because he was yeah. doing yeah. Detective at the time yeah that looks great. Jesus.
1: But like in the original Who's Who you've got like Kirby doing all the, the fourth world stuff. Yeah, uh, right. Tristling enough being inked by different people. So right. Greg Teeks did a bunch of it and that's you know, a shame because he was not particularly good in and he wasn't particularly good over Kirby who at that point was, you know, he was beginning to, to mm-hmm. miss a few steps. Mm-hmm. And so perspective was weird. He's got a really bad like, um, like right hand bias going on in his drawing.
0: Mm-hmm. But every
1: now and again you've got like Carl Kiesel inks the news about Legion Yes. Right. And it just looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So every now and again you get you, you get pairings as well. That's the other thing. You get pairings that you don't often see or may never have seen before. Yeah. And that's a joy as well. Yeah, the art almost makes the, the omnibus of it worth
0: it. Yeah. I I, I God help me, and, like I said, I've almost agreed multiple times to the point. And of again,
1: like one of the differences between who's in Official Handbook is, in Official Handbook, everyone is inked by Joel Rubinstein. Yes. Because he wants to get a quote-unquote coherent look. Mm -hmm. And you can see why, but it's also less fun. No, it
0: totally is. And, well, and it also falls under Shooter's dictates. So, a lot of times it's, you know, kind of a full-body shot of people... In well, gen- generic, right? It's in, in right, the it's in, in a generic Yeah, in the, official handbook. Yeah, in the is, official handbook. yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a full body shots where uh-huh. they're facing forward. Yeah, and then in uh, you have additional shots.
0: Yes. Right, and you just live for those. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay. So you did look at it. Good, and it's really good knowing that the rest of Who's Who is is on is on DC Universe. I may dig into that with my. Haha, ha. copious free time it was actually a pretty good week for comics for me and i i have to give you big ups um you know the nice house on the lake came out this week and after you'd said good things about it and of course you know um james tinian's work has sort of generally grown on me i was like yeah i'll give this a shot and holy shit i mean good issue really well told the art is Fucking it, it's, phenomenal! It's, it's
1: shocking, isn't it?
0: God it damn! So Oof! Yeah. yeah, that that it's is such a, a good book. Yeah, it, it's genuinely kind of breathtaking how pretty that book is. Holy crap! Like seriously, that that is one of those like if there was any justice, it'll be kind of interesting seeing how the book goes along. Because I, I did sort of realize while reading it. How much it sort of seems like people being thrown on an island, you know, thrown into isolation, it seems like such a um, such a comic book go-to the last couple of years, you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking of, I don't know. I, I, just, I was like, huh. You see, you see you say that, and I was literally like people being thrown in time with like Lost. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Maybe they're all following on Lost. Yeah, I, I was thinking a little bit of, like, a Billionaire Island, um, which Mark Russell did over at I think that's Ahoy. Uh, I'm like, and there's others. I just, oh, uh, what was the book that uh, the Vertigo book that only lasted a year or so that was... Uh, um,
1: on oh god what was it, it was the Rob Williams one that I loved
0: yes exactly unfollow yeah, by or? social
1: media unfollow yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah so um like that one god, you know that
1: book was fucked by by reality
0: <laughs> what was it is that do you think that uh, was did, part did of what they did
1: did you follow it
0: I started the, I read the first two or three issues I think and then trailed so off it
1: lasts like eighteen issues right mm-hmm. and clearly what happened is. Around issue 12, they're like, the book's going to get cancelled, you've got six more issues. And he's like, okay, I'll just go to the last arc. And so there's a time jump. Oh, God. That literally is just like, imagine there were bits in between this that would make sense. Wow. And so it's like, you still get a satisfying ending.
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: satisfying to an extent. Right. But you're just very aware of what you've missed. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a shame. Like,
1: you can't fault him, you can't fault Williams for wanting to get to the end,
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: But it's such a shame that it got there by basically missing out in the middle of the story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was shaky. It was definitely, I felt like I was not, it's like, I liked it, and I did two issues, and then I was like, yeah, I'm just not that crazy about it, I'll wait for the trades, and, you know, that definitely not not the right time at Vertigo to be doing that. Let's put it that way. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a shame. That was one of the like the last Vertigo books, right? I think so. I I, I want to say the last half dozen or so, but you yeah, know. I f- I feel because remember that Vertigo had to like the relaunch
1: where everything didn't last more than six issues. Yeah,
0: where it was just a complete mess. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> one of the few hits that they did have, you know, they had to stop because of. Sexual, yeah harassment, charges things, yeah. shenanigans, good old comics, hey, speaking of Segway, um uh Jupiter's legacy not coming back for a season two, huh, hmm? Hmm?
1: I mean, are you surprised,
0: you know, well, almost I have to say, nobody
1: liked that show. <laughs> Nobody liked that show. Well, see,
0: that's it. Nobody liked it and nobody was watching it. So, I mean, I think honestly they're like – Well,
1: I mean Netflix can basically
0: like lie about who's watching and who's not, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Because no one really gets viewer figures. Right. But I didn't see one person be like, yeah, this is a good show.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's, it, it's interesting because what was weird were the num- I saw way more people talking about Jupiter's legacy being cancelled than I saw on social media talking about Jupiter's legacy. And I was like, huh. Because like, when they were like, ah, oh, Netflix, man. Like, you know, people were watching it. They're like, you ended it on a cliffhanger. What the fuck? You know, so... Um,
1: I think that Mark Miller basically tried to sell it as like, oh, you guys, we're, it's, we've released the cast, so they can work on lots of exciting new projects. While well, we work on what's coming next in this great anthology story. and <laughs> like, What? <laughs> that's, that's fucking not what it is, dude. <laughs> what you're going to try and sell it?
0: Yeah, it, no, that's... Um, yeah, Mark Miller... Watching Mark Miller try and spin that level of stuff is pretty great. In but I mean, sense.
1: you've also got to wonder what Netflix feels, right? Oh, yeah. Because, like, that was their first Miller Road series, and it tanks.
0: It tanked badly.
1: Badly. Are are they like, oh, we've bought nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think we'll see how things go. If they don't get another hit soon ish, you know, like, I'm sure they're like, well... the the
1: Nets think tanks as well, I think they feel very concerned.
0: Yeah, I think so. But I think that the, the, you know... There's a lot of things you can look at Jupiter's, Jupiter's legacy. And I, personally, if I was like a Hollywood studio executive, it was like, you know, this just took too long to come out. If we'd gotten this out um, before the boys had come out, like, it would have hit better. You know what I mean? Like, I can see... I mean, there's you watched the
1: trailer, right?
0: Yeah, I did watch the trailer. Like,
1: there, there are literally things just from the trailer that make you go... This is going to be a disaster. No. Not least of which, the we're telling a story in multiple time periods, and you can tell it's the same characters because we've added some talcum powder to their hair to show that they're old.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like was also the costumes look terrible. The production design looked terrible. Looks really cheap.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's like a fan film. Well, I mean, dude, so does Legends of Tomorrow yeah. DC Universe. Yeah, but that's
1: also funny. Well, like, okay, that, that's a show. I, like for real, that's a show that leans into its shitness.
0: Well, I, I believe me. I a I understand. B, it had to learn some of those lessons. But C, I really do think, and I could be wrong, that people who watch um, superhero TV shows are used to a certain amount of cheese. They just kind of have to be like you look at some of the special effects in like those arrowverse shows and you're like wow they ran out of budget and you know you (laughs) would think that they would try and curb things back a little bit but you know but on the other hand they they wanted to so i i personally think that comic book fans are gonna you know who watch this sort of stuff yeah i think so I think it's just a given. It's it's you know this Graham. It's like if you loved you know British science fiction growing up as a kid, it was just understood that they had four dollars for the budget. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, no, exactly. It, It was it was a you know part of of loving that stuff.
0: Right. You know, no one watched you know Doctor Who and expected to see Star Wars on screen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so I think, I don't think that that necessarily, I mean, I just looked at it and there was just any number of varieties where I was like, eh, life's too short. I mean, part but, of it is, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I was
1: going to say, are we not in such an overly saturated marketplace, for a better way of putting it, mm-hmm. now, that you do look at something like the Jupiter's Legacy trailer and it looks cheap and it looks... Uh, it didn't even... That's the problem. It didn't even look campy. It just looked cheap and shit, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. It it didn't... Because even the boys, I think, has a certain sense of humor that they do lead with. Oh, see... uh, In the promotion. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So make sure, like, you know... Okay, so... It it may not have... You know, it may not have the special effects of a Marvel
3: movie. Mm -hmm.
1: But it has a wit that a Marvel movie doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like Legends of Tomorrow again, looks pretty cheap.
3: Uh-huh.
1: But also is very clearly signaling to its audience, don't take this seriously. Uh-huh. Jupiter's legacy by by comparison, looks really cheap. Uh-huh. Looks it like there are just bad choices being made that are obvious again, even from the trailer. But also looks like it's taking itself so seriously
3: uh-huh.
1: that I think we're in such an oversaturated sort of landscape for, for superhero stuff right. that I think audiences can go well I don't need to tune into this one because mm-hmm. I can tune into the show that's on Disney Plus I can tune into any uh-huh. of the four DC shows that are on CW right. I can tune into you know there there are so many options available that they can it's not like when we were kids and you watch Doctor Who even though it's cheap and you accept that Doctor Who is cheap because like it's that or Blake 7 which is cheaper Right, right, exactly. Uh Like There are better options out
0: there. Well, but I, you know, but again, I think that, and I could be wrong, I think the problem was looking at Jupiter's Legacy, and it wasn't as much that it was cheap as, as you pointed out, it was super self-important. It looked like, Jupiter's Legacy looked like a show about the, characters who are the antagonists of the boys as if they were the heroes you know what I mean like you just yes. couldn't really look at them and not be like oh this is like the whitewashed version of you know how the 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 quote-unquote heroes and the boys would be presented by their corporations you know and and so to me in that sense it was and this is amazing if you think about it that Mark Mark Miller, of all fucking people, of think of this, this is blowing my mind, of every person who has ever worked in comics, Mark Miller is among the most arch and insincere, and for him to absolutely get his balls slammed in the gutter for, by basically doing his first superhero show as something that was too... Serious and straight laced is—I mean—that's stunning, isn't it? Like, if you think about it, like that's just like the irony of that is—I'm not even really quite sure how you can process that appropriately.
1: <laughs> like, how, how do I parse this irony? But again, it isn't. It isn't right
0: mm-hmm. because.
1: Like you've read Jupiter's Legacy and,
0: and whatever the oh, other. Oh God, I tried. Others? I I tried reading Jupiter's Legacy. I only made it halfway through. The quietly art was great, but I just that was uh, that that was a real snoozer of a read, frankly, as a comic. So, um, and are, are you talking about the other thing being the other Jupiter's Legacy book, or yeah, you... all,
1: all the other because there was like three different series. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think the, around the time the second finished or wrapped up or something. I was like, "Okay, I'll look at this on like cuz like Hoopla was really shoving it, you know, to the forefront." Yeah. I'm no, like, no, it, eh. was. it it was very much like, "Hey, this is being made into a TV show. Just fucking read
1: it. Just fucking read it. Just read, fucking read it. Read, read it. Fucking read it. Just yeah. Do it." Um, <laughs> but like if you do read it, mm-hmm. then it is one of these weird things that is it, it it's it's almost the ultimate Mark Miller superhero comic. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Right, mm-hmm. which is it tries to have its cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. It tries mm-hmm. to go. You know what people like? They like the sincerity of Grant's All Star Superman, but I like the iconoclasm of of the Ultimates. Um, what if I do? Back in the olden days,
3: mm-hmm.
1: everyone was really sincere and upright. But sure, there were some problems, but. Things were better then, and then their kids are all fuck ups. Yeah, do you get it? And so it's not like it's it's not the the sincere, you know, well meaning superhero show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it it is it's it's the boys, but less so.
0: Right. Well, but I, yeah, because because again, I mean, sort of the same way that it is, in the same way that Wanted was a secret society of supervillains pitch that got the serial numbers, you know, filed off. Like, Jupiter's Legacy, I'm sorry, really does feel like his, re, you know, his edgy revisit to Infinity Incorporated, you know? Oh yeah, and, no, and
1: it's, it's, it's just a society. mm
0: mm-hmm. There's story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just it it's interesting cuz it's also um yeah it's just weirdly tonally wrong in in many ways i think because miller was and is try, was trying for something different and and also you know he had fucking frank quitely on on art you know it's a bummer that jupiter's legacy sort of really got tanked to me j- just from the extent of, I would like to see Frank Whiteley get lots of money, you know? Um, and I know he got some when the initial deal, and I'd kind of hoped or assumed he would get more if there were going to be additional seasons. But, you know, I have to say, in a weird way, I'm kind of surprised that they led with Jupiter's Legacy, because I would have thought out of the various Netflix properties that they had, um, I, I'm assuming wasn't Nemesis one of them? And Nemesis just sort of strikes me as just such an easier sell in I, so I many think, ways.
1: I, I don't know if Nemesis is part of the Netflix deal. It was definitely was, in
0: development of the film before the, the Miller got bought. Oh, okay. I thought it lapsed and went back. And I maybe know that maybe, at one point, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah at one point, point Scott, you had the Tony list. Oh, really? Was he? Ah, oh,
1: that yeah. would have been great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, according to Nielsen, who does not have the final say in this. It's basically estimates. Jupiter's mm-hmm. uh, legacy, like, was the top series for Netflix in the week it launched. Wow! So Jupiter's legacy, like, didn't entirely flop. Right. Right. Uh, which kind of means that it must have really flopped after that. You know. <laughs> right. Right. For Netflix not to even give it a second season.
0: Yeah. It. It. That. That may be the case. I mean, you know. To which some people are like, you know, there's a lot of debate ongoing about Netflix and the, the fact that they're, you know, the streaming dropped the entire series at once. The binging model was actually, is actually really bad for being able to build an audience, you know. But, the, yeah, you know, I personally no, think I was just
1: that. Gonna say, I, I think it's very funny that people are like, Marvel have done it again they've got this new thing called releasing series an episode a week <laughs> no one's heard of this and you're like okay i'm mean, old <laughs> enough to remember when that was called television <laughs> but no it, it did i think success of wandavision and and uh captain america not captain america falcon right. and a winter soldier mm-hmm. uh, showed that like you you release an episode in a week and basically the same people who were enthusing about issue uh, episode 1 will enthuse about episode 2 and it will look like that it's a really you yeah. know
0: big long burning show exactly exactly just just the fact that there are 3 or 4 bites at the Apple in terms of like, oh, the, you know, when they did the ridiculous Baron Zemo dance remix releasing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they just have multiple moments where even some slob like me was like, nah, maybe, you know, it's I true. think that Jupiter's hey, gosh, legacy. Right, exactly. Jupiter's Legacy, probably a bunch of people watched it, a bunch of people were embarrassed that they watched it, and nobody talked about it again. And even though it was higher ratings, they're like, Netflix is like, we gained so many more people and made so much more money with like, is it Edgerton? Bridgerton? Which one is it? Yeah, you know? Like, we don't need Jupiter's
1: Legacy. I think that's got to be part of it, right? Like, they must have so spent a lot of money in jupiter's legacy mm-hmm. and then again, no one liked it right right exactly you see you didn't see like an enthusiastic audience on social media being like holy shit have you seen the show you saw right. people being like why is josh you know whatever his name is wearing such a bad wig <laughs> no but for real like you didn't see people getting excited about the show at all no no You're no so totally well cool. Either not talking about it or making fun of it.
0: See, whereas I didn't even Netflix. see the making fun of it. It just seemed like it was a non, such a huge non thing. Um, but maybe I don't maybe I don't the follow the right Netflix snark.
1: Netflix must have looked at that and been like, Oh, well this did not work out. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. No mm-hmm. second season for you. Right. Right. So Yeah, and it ends with Cliffhanger apparently. Right. Yeah, right. Planning on the second season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is hilarious because um, there are some people who are pretty annoyed about that. And part of me is like, dudes, just release it, do a holiday special or whatever, and tie it all up or something, you know?
1: Like they did it with what was that sense The the
0: Wachowski show? Oh yeah, the right, exactly. Yeah, I think they did do that with Sensei. We yeah. call it the Wachowski show, but it's really the JMS Wokowski show, which I think is crucial I mean, there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the two bringing out the best in one another. I actually never saw Sensei, so I have to say I.
1: Again, I, I didn't see Sensei either, but I was very aware of the fandom, mm-hmm. which
0: means they did something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know? And they, you know, they got more than one season out of it, so, you know, suck it, Mark Muller. They only got two, though. Well, yeah, they only got two. And then, and then, like,
1: the, the, the Christmas right. special or whatever it was. I'm I'm looking this up right now. How many seasons
0: did they get of this show?
1: They got two seasons.
0: Yeah, two seasons and then a, a wrap-up finale of some sort, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find out the wrap-up finale, and
1: Wikipedia is not, not telling me.
0: Yeah. Maybe it didn't. Did it not get a wrap-up finale? I'm sure it did. Didn't I it think it was, maybe it was promised one. Maybe they didn't actually deliver they're like, Doug. yeah, sure, we'll get around to that.
1: That'd be really funny.
0: I mean, you know, it is JMS. I'm like, I don't. I, that that guy's got a comic finishing rate of like what, like seventy five percent or something?
1: Look, he's currently doing, uh, God, what's called the Resistance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the AWA book.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I, Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> it's everything you expect from someone saying. He's doing a pandemic that gives everyone superpowers uh, uh, comic, fra- with Mike Diodato.
3: Oh man! Mm.
1: It's everything you expect from that. Mm,
3: mm,
1: mm, mm. Or, which is to say, are you expecting sort of statically, unfortunately illustrated heroes ripoffs? Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I didn't they work together on it was JMS on and, and Gary Frank on most of the Supreme Power stuff, but didn't didn't Diodato and JMS do something Just together? Amazing Spider Man. Was it Spider Man? Jesus. Yeah. that's why. God. No wonder I had that like sure weird
1: Jonometer Jr.
0: Yeah, that's right. No, of course. It's because of the Norman Osborne's O face that is oh yes. mike diadato yeah that's that's oh god my memory oh, why do i have to retain shit like that and i can't remember things like math that's so sad oh god
1: i I've, I've had that conversation maybe 3 times in the last few weeks <laughs> the, why can our brains not retain useful information but i can tell you you know what issue uh you know the tva first appears mm-hmm. in
0: in thor <laughs> you know that's pretty awesome what's great is i'm finally old enough that some of that stuff's going too but it's not really being replaced by anything it's just all like mm. it's just going yeah it's just going it's just it's just going and what's ne- what's left is like uh sky pretty me have water now. Uh... Exactly.
1: Me tired. Me tired. <laughs> yeah, that is it. I, 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 here's the thing, like Jeff, for real. I have been shockingly tired this week
0: for reasons you? I could
1: not tell. Wow. I genuinely. Didn't know. Hmm. But it has meant, as I said, like I've been reading weird, random shit. I mean, even for me, weird, random shit this week. But all of it has been of a level. That it is one hundred percent. I'm tired. I want to read something that's okay.
0: That That makes sense. So t- you know, tell me. it's
1: it's. it's a, I've got a glass of water. And yep. that's the end of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this week. I mean, I've talked before about how I'm just reading. You know, a bunch of things
2: mm-hmm.
1: digitally. That you know, I'm just like, what? There's a bloop. That seems like a good idea all of Mark Wade's Avengers stuff from, like, 2015.
0: Oh, uh, you said you were reading No Way Back or the second little crossover yeah. thing? oh no.
1: Oh no, I, I went to read, like, his run, the, the all-new, all-different Avengers, which was then followed by Avengers. Huh. Wow. Uh, and then Mark Wade and Kev Walker's Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme series, which just, which cancelled recently.
0: Right, I was... I have to admit, I was a little curious about that one in a. It's, it's cute enough. Yeah. It's fine. But also, it gets cancelled six issues in.
1: Wow. So it basically sets up long term storylines that it doesn't get to do anything with.
0: Huh. Well, I hope that he gets a chance to flesh those out somewhere else as they used to yeah, do. No, yeah, think, I think. No. <laughs> You're like, no, it's just all dead. I
1: mean, uh, you know, amongst one of, uh, some of them are why is Dr. Druid alive again? I can't see anyone picking that one up. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, But that one is actually again cute. It's Mark Wade has Mark Wade repeats himself. Uh huh. And if you like the Mark Wade book, then that's great, right? Mm -hmm. But Mark Wade writing irritable Stephen Strange, who is competent but self-loathing, it's not that different from like Mark Wade writing irritable Bruce Banner, hmm. you know? Hmm. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. writes characters who, you know, are just frustrated by everyone around them as they try and just do the the right thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. A lot. And it's one of those books. Kev Walker does lovely art. I will, I will say that. Kev Walker's art is, is really nice and such... that I'm like, I wish Kev Walker appeared in more places. I wish he got more work from Marvel.
0: Well, you know, Arthur now Walker. that he's not on Doctor Strange... Mystic Surgeon or whatever. Surgeon Supreme, Jeff. Surgeon Supreme. Surgeon. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, no, but it, like I wish, honestly, I wish he'd go back to 2000 AD as well. He did some great dread stuff. Kev Walker. Yeah. Got it. You know? Um, but but that's that's a good enough book. The, the Avengers book that Wade does is honestly incredibly frustrating
3: hmm.
1: because it just keeps getting derailed by other things. Mm-hmm. So for a year, it's all new, all different Avengers. And then it ends in a Civil War II crossover. Mm -hmm. And the team splits up in another book altogether. Mm -hmm. Because it splits into Avengers and champions. Uh... And so literally half the team goes to another book. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And that happens somewhere else.
2: Hmm.
1: And so when you take up Avengers, they're like, well. And also, in between the two books, uh, Sam Wilson's no longer Captain America. Wow! You know, so you also get him being like, "Well, I can't lead the team now that I'm not Captain America anymore," and they're like, "No, you can, because you're still Sam." And it's just like, "Oh no!" no. <laughs> like this, this reads like a book where, again, you had you had long term plans that just did not fucking happen. Right, right. They got utterly derailed by by events elsewhere, mm. um, and so you keep getting hints at maybe what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but nothing comes to fruition. Wow, that sounds not great. Sounds very frustrating, I'm sure, for all involved. Yeah, exactly. It's frustrating for the reader, but I can only imagine what it's like to be Mark Wade. Right, right, yeah. You know, who who just is, is getting quietly fucked with all of this. Wow. You know? And the weird thing is, like, Champions goes on for, like, 18 issues under Waid. And then Jim's up, I think, takes over. But, like, these books continue for a while and yet they never feel like they get going.
0: <laughs> yeah. that's That sometimes does happen, I feel like, with Wade's stuff. Is, like, you know, there's there's times where he's got, um, you know, like, his Daredevil was great in that regard. Of, like, oh, I've got a character who has basically, you know, where I just have to pivot and that that opens up all these opportunities, and that also gives you, you know, a character with somewhere to go, I guess. Um, but I remember, like, really digging his Daredevil work and being like, oh, boy, him on the Incredible Hulk, and, oh, man, that stunk so bad. It was just... I, I mean, he doesn't really get to finish that either. No, no, you know. But, I mean... I'm not really sure with the Hulk if he, A, if he should have been allowed to, or B, if he even really cared. You know what I mean? Like, Wade, the dude has been in the business a long, long, long time. And I think, you know, part of me is like, does he really have something to say here? Does he really have something here that he wants to... Explore, or is it a little bit of the professional craftsman? What can I do? What can I bring to this character that I otherwise don't care about? You know, like I definitely remember him talking at one point about how much he doesn't like magical characters, he just doesn't like magic based characters, you know. So, the fact that he was on Doctor Strange, I'm like, okay has he changed? Did I misread that? Cause of course he said something like that and then went on to, you know, do something that was ridiculously, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I really like science in my work. And it was like, uh, it's comic book science at best. You know what I mean? Like, so, so maybe he just learned the, you know, it didn't make much of a difference. But like you said, apart apart from, and this seems very telling, again, this idea that Mark Wade has a story that still moves him, which is the person who's trying to be a professional surrounded by idiots and trying to keep their, you know, their badly managed anger management problem under control. Like, I'm not sure how much else he's bringing to it, really, as much as the idea of like, hey, look at me, I, you know, I'm fluent in both DC and Marvel, like, look, it's the masters of evil, but I've figured out something that's great, which is... That way back when Crimson Dynamo once double dated Black Widow's sister, you know, like and like I should complain because I say
1: a, that, but like uh, the the second his second Avenger series
0: introduces
1: the Nadia Van Dyne Wasp. Ah, uh, of course, right? the, yeah, the wasp that is the wasp that is a massive like continuity plug-in,
2: uh-huh. which is to
1: say. Hank Pym and his first wife had a kid who was then trained in Black Widow's Red Room.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, see, that sort of thing. That's totally the sort of thing that Mark Wade prides himself on. He's like, hey, remember that that barber shop that was the cover for SHIELD headquarters? I actually know the three characters in Marvel's history that were former barbers, and now they've opened up a hair salon there. And then they stumble on the secrets of Shield. God, yeah, why aren't exactly. I writing comics? I'm just like,
1: <laughs> I mean after after finishing the the um, Doctor Strange,
0: because mm-hmm. he's
1: on Doctor Strange. There's a Doctor Strange book before. There's Doctor Strange Surgeon's Surgeon Prey. Uh, Wayne and his size to. I think it's just got Doctor Strange for, like, 20 issues or so. Wow. Um, which includes, like, Doctor Strange goes to space. Doctor Strange fights Galactus. Mm. Like, those mm. stories. And then Doctor Strange gets the use of his hands back, and he is a surgeon again. Mm-hmm. Which has always struck me as an odd plot development, because didn't he have the use of his hands anyway? So like, weren't his hands magically healed?
0: Um, it feels like an odd thing to say so it is it is an odd thing to say because from what i remember his hands never get explicitly healed in the sense that he does not you know he doesn't care about it he goes on to see you know become the master of the mystic arts but i know that you've probably read these issues because there, If nothing else, there's at least three times in various Defender arcs where he performs surgery, you know. He performs surgery, you know, mystically to re- and to remove a bullet and to do all this other stuff. And it, they're usually... Everyone realizes, which is why it got overused, the idea that Strange is like, Oh shit, I used to be a great surgeon and now, you know... I can barely hold the scalpel my my handshake so bad, but I've got to do this because this is the only chance this person has. Worked pretty well the first couple of times. But to me, it's not the idea that he's going to get his hands back and be like, yeah, I'm going to go back and be a surgeon. It just seems like it really seems to miss the point. Well, that's what I'm
1: saying. Honestly, for me, I always felt that he basically could juice his hands. That's how he can pull all the the shapes to make the magic spells. But he didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. He found this other job. And the whole gimmick of the Surgeon Supreme series is he basically is holding down two jobs. He is a surgeon and he is also Sorcerer Supreme. Right, right. Right, which is why... Like, there are, there are fun ideas in there. Like, I said, Dr. Druid comes back from his head. Dr. Druid is his hospital administrator. <laughs> 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 right? Which is yeah. a fun idea. Right. And so right. you have, like, Dr. Strange being like, But you're dead. What happened? And he's like, I don't know, but I do know that I was a shit superhero. So uh, I do know magic and I can help you out, but really, I just kind of want to do my job.
3: Hmm. No? Hmm.
1: Is is a fun idea, and it's clearly like a long term plot that he never got to do anything with, right? To the point where the last issue has Doctor Who basically serving as a sidekick and doing like teleportation shit just to
0: get the plot done. Yes, mm. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. But um, but
1: but there, you know, there are there's stuff there that is great. There's stuff there that I really like. Mm-hmm. It's just that it didn't. Workout. Mhm. 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 Um, other things that I read. Gaze. And this really random. Time Masters. Do you remember Time Masters?
2: Roughly. I'm not, talk-
1: I'm not talking about the Time Master series that tied in with Grant Morrison's Batman run from like ten years ago. No, I'm talking about the series from thirty years ago.
0: Yeah, that's the one that I think that the, I remember. The,
1: by Bob Wayne and Lewis Shiner, and art by Art filbert
0: shit wait bob um, wayne wrote that work
1: yeah, on that yes oh wow that. what um, which uh includes tie-ins with i know crap martin's animal man wow uh that's where he that's where a buddy gets the time machine from that he that he goes back and he accepts he's a ghost right he goes back and he sees yeah that happens in time masters
0: no really Wow, yes. holy shit. Were they both edited by was it Art Young or is nope. that who
1: huh? Nope. I'll, I'll be damned. It's edited by Robert Greenberger. Uh there's a tie-in, a really vague tie-in, with um Superman comics at the time. What? Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird series. It's it's kind of great. Uh it it centers around a piece of like DC mythology that they dropped really quickly, but which I loved, which is Time travel exists in the DC universe post-crisis, but you can only use a method once, and then you're fucked. You can't use it again. Oh, huh. That's kind of cool. So the idea is Rip Hunter has to keep finding or inventing new ways to travel through time. That's fun. Builds a team, because he's like, okay, there is the Illuminati. They're fucking with history, but I can't keep going back to deal with it, because I've already gone to the future with Booster Gold and come back, and I've used up the two ways of time travel I know. Wow.
0: That's really so. I've got to
1: build the team to do it. Huh? Right. Uh, and like in in the middle of one issue, there's a great where he's like, "Wait, the Green Lanterns can travel through time. I'll just get them to send me back in time." That's... Like there's fun things like that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's uh it is it's very much of its time insofar as it's like, well, what if we take this crazy idea, but we treat it seriously uh, in ways that don't work,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like one of the characters commits suicide because they accidentally used up their time travel abilities. Right? And they're, they're and it's the punk who says, no future, do you get it? Uh, <laughs> and then they kill themselves. You know, and that just seems like tonally weird with a story that is, there's the Illuminati and it's run by Vandal Savage. Right, right. You know, but at the same time you also get, there's the Illuminati and it's run by Vandal Savage. Which is great! Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the spoilers for a series that's 30 years old, um... Rip Hunter realizes who Vandal Savage is, and he goes back in time to kill Vandal Savage before the meteorite comes in and makes him immortal. Oh. And he kills Vandal Savage's dad without realizing that Vandal Savage's like, son will then take the name Vandal Savage. Oh. And he ends up being the inciting incident that introduces violence right. to Vandal Savage.
0: Right, and basically turns him into a shit yeah. heel. Oh. Hmm. That's pretty clever. So how many issues? 12? Eight. Eight.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it is this weird like science fiction story that has all these weird superhero tie-ins um but it works and the core concept of well what do you do when you're traveling through time except you can't travel through time anymore right is a good one Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: uh so i like in a really strange way i i recommend it Mm -hmm. but i almost recommend it to people who are far too into like me like the mythology and world building of, of these fictional universes as much as the story. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seem it seems like, uh, you know, it's funny. This might end up being a good segue. Um, I ended up reading, uh, what they, what they have cheekily titled Invasion Secret No More, uh, the trade paperback (laughs) that came out of Invasion 1 through 3, um, via Hoopla.
1: which you may or may not remember, that did come out when Marvel was doing Secret
0: Invasion. Uh, the trade that, did? That, or... collection,
1: that collection did.
0: Oh, really? I did not realize that. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, so I was like, uh, uh, you know, it was at the end of the month, I was basically like, hey, I've got like all these hoopla credits left that are burning a hole in my pocket. What should I check out? And people sent some recommendations. And Invasion popped up on a few few people's um, lists of the suggestions, so I was like, "Okay, I'll check it out." And I was not crazy about it. It's interesting because, of course, I had the first issue way back when, and and of course, it's sort of a big event. I don't know if you've you must have read the trade or reread the trade, but you know, it's only
1: I, I, haven't, I haven't read the trade, but I've read the series
0: right. All the times. Oh, okay. So the trade is just the three issues, um,
1: but which that's are still like two hundred and forty odd pages. Yes, because eighty-page issues, yeah,
0: yeah, eighty-page issues. Like they're enormous. So it's two hundred and forty pages. So there's a weird mix of both getting too much and too little. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. because it's the classic event book where. They try and balance it out so that there's stuff that's happening in Invasion and then there's all the various crossover stuff. Um, But the stuff that's happening in Invasion really is just like, and now it is time to exchange more exposition. So Invasion's kind of... What's fun is how much it gives the flavor of what the DC Universe was like back in 1988 or whatever
1: it was 89 I think yeah that it, might
0: be much i don't remember it's 88 or 89 you know and and reading it uh, you know is it was it it was interesting to me how much of it was a like oh here's this character and this character's doing this and oh here's this character and now that character's going to do that no here we've got a beat with a moment and it and it really was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah, this all reads like a universe. You know, it also kind of reads like a story that's not really happening. Like the excitement of 240 pages of, you know, comics is mitigated when it's like, 40 pages of just aliens explaining to one another and doing various one-upmanship dicky maneuvers and things more or less happening off stage so it's like you know now we've caught Adam Stra- strange as he was trying to break into the blackguard prison I'm like wait where where was that like all of a sudden he just he like we see him flying off like six pages prior you're going to cut out the interesting stuff you know but Uh, But my point is, kind of like Time Masters, there was kind of this weird thing of, how do I put it, the world building. Like, it was kind of like, I almost believe that this is happening in one place in a way that I never quite before. And there's also, the deeper you you know your DC and Silver Age history, the more rewarding the run is. Because there's a couple of points where, like for example, Martian Manhunter like disguises himself as uh, not the Koond, the the other guys with the dots on the, their head, the uh, Dominators. The Dominators goes in as a Dominator, and of course he's able to disguise himself. And it's him and Robot Man, and they get into an area, and all he has to do is get into the same room as the scientist who has you know, launched the gene bomb and screwed up the metagenes and is killing all the heroes. And once he's in the room, he literally doesn't interrogate him. He just reads his mind and leaves. And it was just kind of like, oh, that's super cool. Like, you know, they were like, oh, Martian Manhunter, super spy. You know, it was a little bit of... Did, did you Did you finish the story? I, well, I finished the trade, yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say,
1: there's also the bit where uh, the... This, Soldiers start failing soldiers start killing themselves because dead man's
0: possessing me. yes that was the other one that was just really like it was great because I'm like both of those ideas were so very Keith given in that they're like really based on a deep knowledge of the characters and also just a really deep cynicism <laughs> I guess you know dead man's like oh ugh, I hate being inside alien bodies, but, you know, this was the best way to stop the war. And I was like, dude, you just had people suicide themselves. That's really... Has anyone ever done that in a Dead Man comic? That's pretty gruesome. Um, But, yeah, some great stuff like that. But, yeah, so like you said, lots of little... And, of course, you've got the Daxamites. You've got all sorts of well, shouts I mean, out to it. the Legion. It's, it's a
1: legion of superhero comics.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I mean not to it's not a surprise it's the series that launched legion 89
0: right exactly exactly you know
1: yeah but it is it's 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 the aliens you know from legion of superheroes in the 30th century invades earth in the 20th century that's the setup of the comic
0: right right and so it's it's a lot of fun the deeper you go or the more knowledge you have. Like, for me, who was, like, recognized about half of the races, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know.
1: Oh, no, that, that was my experience when I first read it. Mm. Like, I got, like, half fit, it, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the tie-ins more than the actual comic. More, like, more than the actual series. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But then, you know, as I read more Legion, as I got more into Legion fandom. Right. And then we read I was like, Oh shit. It's the like, you know, it's the fish dudes and it's the it's the Dominators and it's the Kuns, and it's it's all of these.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: like I know where they are you know, a thousand years in the future. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's you know it's arguably not also it's worth pointing out that uh, invasion is scripted it's plotted by Keith given but scripted by Bill Mantlo yes it's one of the few
0: DC comics scripted right? by bill mantlo which is crazy and what's interesting is how much it's mantlo um uh, it, and he both he both kind of fits and doesn't like it it's it's not entirely the mantlo of marvel you know, it's clearly Mantlo has done some work, and it's, you know, it's it's trying to read very much like '80s DC. You know, it. it I, I think it's it's almost trying to read uh, like uh, the given to Maddie stuff in Justice. Yes, League. and that's what I was going to say. Like, it's clear that the the Justice League is being used as a template. There's a lot of you know, sort of trying for the right wit or taking a little caption and 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 pushing it a little too far. Um, But there's also some stuff where it's clear that, for example, you know, uh, one thing that struck me about reading Wasteland is that it's very, it's sort of advanced for its time because I feel like there's not, you know, there's that period in the 80s where uh, thought balloons basically go by the wayside, but it's kind of slow. You know, it it doesn't happen all at once, and so seeing Ostrander's stuff and close and realizing how well they they tell their stories basically with dialogue and maybe some captions, but but not with thought balloons. And seeing Mantlo, who in his Marvel stuff, like you know, people are just all but having their heads crushed by their thoughts, and so scene scene of more external facing DC thing. It also explains sort of why Guy Gardner kept coming off as maybe a little too, um, always a hard character to, to nail down properly in the eighties, I think. But, uh, yeah. in this one, I was like, I don't remember this guy guard. Like it, he seemed closer to the guy Gardner of maybe Englehart's green lantern than the justice league. You know what I mean? Um, it was weird. It was it, it it was a it was a funky read, but it definitely had that kind of. I found myself feeling sort of uh, what's the word? I guess. I mean, not just nostalgic, although there was part of it. It was kind of a thing of, oh, this continuity it kind of worked i mean it was a kludgy thing and it was never kind of it 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 doesn't have quite the appeal that you think that that like the people producing it thinks that it have like this idea of like oh yeah and then this big event and then that big event and then you know you're gonna you're gonna cut away and like oh here's like the new guardians fighting somebody you know which of course is great because you're like holy shit it's the new guardians exactly you Well, know. i mean that
1: point it was I, I remember far too well it was like this halfway through their series right they were still six months old yeah that's right yeah. that also uh, no i was gonna go down a new guardians hall and i'm not going to
0: <laughs> man that's a quotable um you know
1: what fuck it i am okay um you may or may not remember did you read new guardians i did not no the so first issue of New Guardians, the only one that Engelhart writes from start to finish, sees the team be attacked by agents of the, the South African racist who was one of the chosen who rejected the teachings of the Guardians. Because mm-hmm. in Millennium, the, the, these, I think it's 10 or 12 people, are chosen by the Guardians and they're going to evolve into the next thing of, of humanity, the next phase of humanity. Right. And. They get taught cosmic lessons by the Guardians because it's like Steve Angular. Mm-hmm. And one of the lessons is basically everyone is equal. Mm-hmm. And this great South African racist goes, Fuck you, you're lying. I, I know everyone isn't equal. Wow. I am better because I'm white. Mm. Fuck you, you're lying to me. This is a con. Mm. And he fucks up. And in Millennium, that's the last you see of him. Right. But then he comes back to be the the villain of, of New Guardians. Oh. Uh, and he's extra pissed because he's like, oh, not only were they lying to me, but they gave these other people superpowers. Mm. And there's not a white man in that team. Mm. He's like, all either not white or they're women. There's not a white man in that team. I have to destroy them. Mm. Wow. Which is kind of, like, again, looking back, kind of great, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so he sends, again, it's Steve Englehart and it's 1988 everyone, <laughs> sends, uh, I want to say he's a vampire. He sends an HIV
0: oh, positive
1: yeah. vampire right. called the Hemogoblin. Yes. Did you not? Yeah. To to them. And the Hemogoblin ends up uh, transmitting uh, the HIV virus to three of the team. Right. Right. And in the second issue, I think it's the second issue, the one that Engelhart plots but doesn't script, because engelhart has gone from the book already at this point, Mm. it is revealed that two of the team are HIV positive, and one of the team has full-blown AIDS as a result of this. Mm. Right? I mean, it's it's played off coy, and it's weird. Mm -hmm. So... Estrano uh, is HIV positive, and it's not clear whether he was HIV positive before or not. Right. Jet, who is the uh, black British woman mm-hmm. who is psychically connected to Harbinger? Wow. She is the HIV positive one, and Harbinger, because she's psychically connected, is sorry. She's the one who has AIDS, and Harbinger, uh, who is the one psychically connected, has HIV. Is HIV positive? What? Even she didn't get scratched, right? Yes. Wow.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on here, Jeff.
0: Wow. Here's
1: where it gets the invasion thing. Uh, Jet gets progressively more sick between issue two and issue six, right? Wow. And they're treating it relatively well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then. In issue six, the the invasion crossover issue,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Jet basically sacrifices herself to end an attack by the aliens, mm. and dies. and in the process of dying, A completely absolves the you know the book from having a, a character who has AIDS. Mm-hmm. But so Harbinger is no longer HIV positive afterwards. What? Yeah. And they never really explain it. They're like, well, <laughs> I guess it was the psychic connection, you guys. <laughs> but this is- so Carrie-, Carrie Bates takes over scripting the book with issue two and takes over writing the book entirely with issue And his heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. But he's either dealing with editorial who are making very specific demands on him, or he has very different ideas about what the team should be. Mm. Because in issue seven, which is also an invasion crossover, Estrano, who you know I love... Mhm goes from M to butch because he discovers a talking crystal skull that focuses his magical powers and also makes him buff. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> what? Yeah, he literally basically becomes an all-new character. Oh. Because he's in mourning, because Jet's dead, and he finds this crystal skull that's glowing, and, like, come closer. And then, like, it cuts to him later, and he comes back, and he's got this all-new costume, which is showing off. Like, he's basically topless. And he's now, like, magically buff. Wow.
0: Wow!
1: Ah, my powers have evolved. Ah, now I am more confident in myself. And it's like... What happens? And I remember at the time, again, I'm like, uh, 88, I would have been 14. Wow. I remember at the time being like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> <laughs> like, you've just been told to basically get rid of the character that was there and, and replace them with something less camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's always, like, it's always made me kind of sad, because I think the original Strano is a perfect comic character, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people think he's problematic because he is so camp like uh-huh. he's so effeminate, so camp but I also like I think that's really fun to be uh-huh. honest with you and uh-huh. it's not as if there aren't people like that in the world uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know um, I, lo- like, I love the first issue of the book when Steve Bollinghart still writing has the point where I think the Floronic Man someone uh-huh. basically goes if we're the next of humanity, we have to fuck, <laughs> like because we've got to have kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Florida man's like, I can't fuck on my plant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Strato who is not allowed to say he's gay, he mm-hmm. never says he's gay in any of his appearances or any professional appearances, because DC was not that progressive, apparently. Right. Uh, literally, like there's a piece of dialogue like, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not a breeder." <laughs> I'm wow. I, i I'm not here to have babies <laughs> but instead start referring to himself as auntie <laughs> and it's like there's just one male here who's heterosexual and that's the aptly named Ram as he puts it
0: oh wow
1: wow yes, was high on his own supply and it was a beautiful thing <laughs> But yeah, so, so midway through New Guardians, uh, Invasion comes in and they kill off the character who's got HIV. Uh, they kill off the character who has AIDS. They magically heal one of the characters with HIV. I want to say the Strano. I haven't read it in a while, but I want to say the Strano makeover also has like, and now my HIV is in remission.
0: Like thing oh, tied in there. Was- probably, probably.
1: And, and he suddenly becomes infinitely more butch and and honestly unthreatening. Uh, And it really was like, okay. So either someone in editorial had a word or Carrie Bates, like, I've just been waiting for the the way of of cleaning the the book of of the controversial aspects. Uh,
0: uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's...
1: I, I now return us to... uh
0: To Invasion. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I was going to say it's something that didn't happen in comics literally 33 years ago. But Invasion still happened in comics 33 years ago. So That I is true. Lied. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm trying to think what I could talk about. Well, I, I mean, there were some, some pretty good books. Nice House on the Lake, Mortal Hulk 47, uh, Monthly Girls, oh. Nozaki-kun got a new ep, uh, volume out, which was super exciting. Yes. Uh, my
2: O
1: was, do you want to talk about the Hulk Venom news?
0: Uh, oh! Yeah, the Hulk Venom news? Uh, is it. I think I might know half of it thanks to so, Dominic So, Franco.
1: Marvel announced the new creative team on Hulk that's following Immortal Hulk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they announced the new creative team on Venom that's following the Donicatron. And they're basically switching writers.
0: So, it, oh, is it Donny just writers? They're of- not doing a full. Uh, Donny Cates and Ryan
1: Otley are going to be the new Hulk team.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, Al Ewing and co-writer Ram V mm-hmm. are going to be writing Venom with Brian Hitch
0: drawing. Huh. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Uh- um, And that's...
1: Uh, to say that Donny Cates doing Hulk feels like a step backwards uh, <laughs> is not enough. Instead, Jeff... I'll leave you with this word that uh, Donny Cates has, has said uh, to tease his run. Are you ready? Oh, no. Mastronaut. <laughs> oh,
0: that's... Mastronaut. You know, I I think it sort of seems like Donny Cates, I, I will give him credit for basically being willing to follow anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like Jason Aaron finished Thor, and you know the editors are like, uh, "Okay, who wants to write this?" And basically, everyone's like, "I, I, I'm not going to follow that." Are you kidding? Donny Cates is like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it." Yeah, sure. Yeah, look at me. He's going to fight Don Blake, and he's going to punch Galactus. Yeah, I'm Donny Cates. I love how how incisive my imitations are. I really I will, have to say the actual quote from the PR. (laughs) Ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Does it start with, Yeah, hey, I'm Donny Cates! Because I think that's a good way.
1: Marvel just gave me the keys to the strongest one there is. Ha ha, oh boy. You guys are just not ready for this. You're about to find out when Ryan Otley and I get angry. And guess what? Well, pretty sure you're going to like us a lot when we're angry. (sighs) Oof. That's... I know, right? Oof. It's it's kind of amazing. It's mm. genuinely kind of amazing that they're like, "How do we follow up, Immortal Hulk? What if we just fucking ignore it?"
0: Well, I mean, I on mean, one hand,
1: what are you going to do? Yeah, Other what are you going to
0: do? Why do you just fucking not have a Hulk book for a while? Right. Well, he kind of can't do that i mean you probably should but you can't especially not when it's selling well you know what i mean they're like if we can keep half of our readership we'll be back to selling what we were selling before (laughs) before it started selling really well you know what i mean and maybe we'll do better
1: genuinely amused at Mm -hmm. how it leans into like all the cliches
0: uh
1: here here is the the description of the plot Uh, The team of Tony Case and Ryan. Oddly, um, helm a bold new era of Hulk that begins when Bruce Banner discovers a radical way to control the monster within. Could this mark the final end of the Green Goliath, or will the extreme solution create something new with massive consequences? Prepared to deep dive into the very core of Hulk's rage in this thrilling thrilling epic that will explore this iconic character's incredible and destructive legacy in a way no one has dared to before.
0: Huh. Wow. So you're you're not joking when you say that they're like literally pretend like none of it happened because that's what it sounds like. It really does sound like.
1: it, it, It sounds very much like this is the book you do if you didn't do Immortal Hulk. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for all the... Sure, Swamp Thing continued after uh, Alan Moore left, but it wasn't like, Alec Holland fell into the swamp and now he's got a really bad mossy case of acne. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. That's, um... Huh, well, you know, what can I say? I mean... Donny Cates has his fans, so sure. hopefully they'll oh, yeah, follow him up to the book, You know? But
1: it yeah. turns. Um Here's the, the PR for the Venom book. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when my editors at Marvel. Also, the, the difference between Ram V quotes, and Tony Cape quotes are amazing. When my editors at Marvel reached out about taking on Venom alongside Al Ewing and Brian Hitch, I was not prepared for the kind of creative thrill it has been ever since. The story is going to expand and push the symbiote narrative and lower in even more unexpected and fantastic directions. It is also an utter thrill having the sort of call and response mechanic I've had with a writer like Al and an artist of Brian's calibre. Fans and new readers strap in, you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, admittedly, it goes a little bit Alan Partridge at the end, but <laughs> You know <laughs> Otherwise it's you know, it's it's not it's not Donnie's sub Mark Miller. No Would you rather be Art partridge or Mark Miller. That's what you have to ask yourself. Ooh
0: man, that's a that's a question, isn't it? Aha
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I made my choice, clearly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Holy smokes. Um
1: There you go. That's um that's happening. Uh, So yeah, it's it's weird. It's I'm finding solicits to be odd right now. Um I'm finding that you know it's weird to see Hellfire Gala's big moment spoiled by solicits before Hellfire Gala started. Mm. Mm. Or the PR for What's Following Immortal Hulk going out before Immortal Hulk is finished?
3: Yeah, right.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, I, sure, I understand that Marvel wants to book out the next month, but I'm kind of i like, couldn't you just wait two months? Mm-hmm. Couldn't you wait until Immortal Hulk's done? Well, I mean, like,
0: it, half the time I feel like they run this stuff. <laughs> like, sometimes it gets uploaded to Comixology without the final cover, you know? Like, you would think they could, like... They feel confident... Like withholding stuff from the solicits before now. Like, why start with that stuff? Yeah,
1: it's it's just I mean it it's I don't know. There's there's some there is something about solicits. And honestly, solicits in Marvel books, maybe because I'm not actually really paying attention for solicits for DC books. Like I looked at them the other day for the first time in a while and was like, Oh, they still do solicits. Um <laughs> I don't know I get like I get the the Marvel PR and and the I feel like DC PR I I mean I also get it but it feels like it's less spoily. Mm, mm-hmm. In in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like DC would just be like it's a new book by these creators. Right. You'll like it. Mm-hmm. And then you're Tony Gates being like so can, it's uh, Bruce Banner and Hulker back again but he's trying to find a cure and you're like but wait but this you know how mm-hmm. does that fit in? with what's happening in Mortal Kombat Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the answer might just be who knows maybe there's a reset button at the end of a mortal Hulk like maybe he goes through the green door and none of it happened
0: well yeah or you know depending on what ends up happening it, you know he finds himself you, there's some choices made or something I don't think so but I mean you could see uh, yeah I'll be kind of curious in a way like I really enjoyed issue forty-seven, and knowing that the 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 ride is almost over kind of bums me out in part because I feel like it sort of feels like uh, Al Ewing could sort of just keep doing this forever. You know what I mean? Like he just it just seems like he's got a story engine that keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. And I mean, I say that despite the fact that most of the supporting characters, you know, have grown and changed and are on a journey and that journey's near enough to an end and that probably is a place to end it. And I'm also aware that if there's any character that really has had multiple, multiple very different status quos, it is is definitely the Hulk. Right, so part of me is like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. But at the, at the same time, I definitely find myself like Donny Cates's thing is like, yeah, that sure does remind me of the Mark Wade run where he was like, yeah, it's Hulk, but he's um, he's doing things for Shield. It's he's he's Shield smashing, smash shielding. He's he's. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I read the first sh-
1: issue of that this week as well.
0: Did you really of, of the Wade the, the weight hulk run yeah
1: wow wow which again it's like it, it is like Bruce Banner and, and dr. stranger I've seen stranger written basically it's mm-hmm. the same character mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, it like that that's an odd run that's an odd concept where where you get banner basically saying yeah I'm I'm always gonna be the Hulk mm-hmm. so instead of trying to cure myself with the hulk I'm basically going to use the Hulk right you know that that's it, again, it doesn't sound that different from what Donny Cates is—is is like you know he's coming with a new relationship with the Hulk,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this is not this is maybe too cynical, and it's not meaning to be as mean as as it sounds. But how many new relationships with the Hulk are actually in that concept? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially coming off something like
0: Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. Where it seems to me like, if nothing else, you could sit down and try and spin off something, sort of the same way that you mentioned. You mentioned Alan Moore leaving Swamp Thing. Like Rick Veach more or less, sat down with all the stuff that Moore had more or less alluded to, and was like, "Oh, okay. I'll I'll run with this. I'll do this thing. I'll do the, you know." here's here's superman uh you know swamp thing coming to take revenge on lex Luthor for killing him and superman stepping in here's the you know uh more mentioned that that he once swamp thing can become un, unmoored no pun intended from his body he can travel through time i'm going to have a huge time travel arc you know he's doing all this sort of stuff that that Grew naturally out up. of it. Yeah, exactly. And I and it is kind of a bummer how much hearing stuff that just sounds like it's like yeah okay well you know let's that's what we're with yeah exactly now check out here's my imitation of the Hulk you know <laughs> for some reason well, I was yeah. just like Hulk wonder what deal with airline peanuts <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay but and here's me arguing against myself here. Mm-hmm. But is like is there something to getting back to basics? I mean, there can you know, be. Yeah, it's, sure. It's funny. I talked to um, Al for the for a piece for Inverse about Loki. Uh huh. Um, and he basically said something along the lines of: "There's an expectation when you write like company-owned characters that you put them back in the same place when you're done." Yeah. Right,
0: they go back in the toilet. And to- he said, yeah.
1: like, he does not like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Like, that's something he, he actively tries to resist.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And it was funny, like, hearing that from him, like, two weeks ago, and then seeing the solicit. Because it looks very much like Immortal Hulk will somehow, like, end in that place. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Well, which is, which? yeah, which is possible. Which is possible is, like, by defeating the Green Door, like you know, is what happens that, that Banner ends up sacrificing almost all of his altars, you know, and so it's just him and the Hulk at the end of it in order to yeah. shut down, you know, and then you're like, okay, so you're back to square one, you know, <laughs> and yeah, I'm Donny Cates, and let me tell you, I love squares and I can't count above one. Let me tell you, I got a lot coming forward. Whoa, ha <laughs> is that what he says?
1: He says hoo-ha?
0: He does. He does. He, it's amazing how much Donny Cates, who is younger, hipper, and way more fashionable than I, somehow, nonetheless basically is just he? sounds like a warmed out over Al Pacino imitation. So.
1: It, it, is he though? He?
0: I think he is. I think he is. And I'm not saying that because... I'm just saying that because I'm so ridiculously old and unhip. You know what I mean? Like some balding 38-year-old motherfucker uh, basically looks like Justin Bieber compared to me. So, I don't know. But isn't Donny Cates, isn't he, like, he's kind of young and hip, and he's oh, got yeah, his okay. young and hip wife. Okay, and... I'm curious, how old is Donny Cates? How old is Donny Cates? And why? The... Oh, shit, I, I was going for Pacino, and somehow it ended up in Seinfeld. And what's the Don... deal with these peanuts? Hoo-ha! How
1: old is Donny think Cates is.
0: Uh, 38?
1: Younger, 36.
0: Hey! See? So, you know, and that's pretty young by Marvel standards.
1: That's older than I thought he was.
0: (laughs) 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 That's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Well, I mean, how old's Al Ewing? Is that a bad question to ask? How old is Al?
2: Yeah,
1: Al Ewing.
0: Come on, Internet, don't let me down. Uh, he's 43. 4d3 wow holy smokes Jeez, you guys are contemporaries
1: uh, i mean ish
0: I, you know more more so than i am with him
1: <laughs> I, i'm like okay what other writer
0: do we look up the age of? well like dan dan slot's got to be my age or maybe a little younger isn't slot like 52 or 51 or something like that
1: He's 53 years old.
0: He's 53. Wade himself has got to be like 58, 59 by now? Is he 60? He's 59. You're very good at this.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'm just going to throw it right here. At you. You're, you're going to tell me their name Bendis.
0: Uh Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. I should know Bendis. He's, he's going to be... Is he 49? He's 49. He's 53. Shit! Damn, I really was thinking 52. Oh, Brubaker, right. Brubaker's actually older than me by a little bit, so I think he's 57? He's 54. Oh, I'm older than Ed? Oh, that's embarrassing. Jeff Johns. Uh, God, Johns is
1: 44? Uh, no, he is not.
0: Jeff Johns is 48. Oh, Still, I'm doing okay. I'm not quite no. You're doing
1: great. Yeah, but like within
0: three or four Uh, years of it. Oh Jesus, Jim Lee, who's going to get that right? Because he is. All right, let me think here. Eighty seventy one. Is he? Is he fifty? Jim Lee is fifty six. Fifty six. Holy shit. Okay. Damn. I really underestimated. Alright, how young he was. Okay, Tom Brevoort. How old's Tom Brevoort? Is he like 60? Is Tom Brevoort still... Like, shouldn't, should he still be in comics? He's like 62? <laughs> 59? Tom
1: Brevoort's 54.
0: 50? Tom Brevoort's younger than me? Oh. This is killing me, Graham. This is killing me. Really? Brevoort talks like such an old fart. He's actually... Oof. Wow. Okay. Well... I had a good streak there. Um,
1: okay, is there anyone else you want to ask while we're doing this?
0: How old is Adam Cooper? He's got to he can't be young now.
1: Adam Cooper. Where
0: did that come from? Well, cuz it was, was like Joe Kubert. Adam,
1: was... okay, how old do you think Adam Cooper is? Well, I, I
0: I mean, I don't know, that's part of why I'm asking. I'm thinking Make a that guess. 45?
1: 61. What?
0: Wow, okay. I should have stuck with my thing, because I was thinking, I'm like, well, Joe was in would be in his 80s, and he must have had kids when he was in his 20s, but shit. Damn it. 61. I still think of him as, like, a young kid. And John Romita Jr.'s got to be, like,
1: 60. He's got to be, like, six, 63. Okay, before I even look up, 63, 64?
0: Yeah, let's 64. say 64. there you go. There we go. Phew. Phew. Of course, he actually, I think, does look much younger for the most part. But wow, that's so funny. I still think of him as young. See, now I'm going to look up Mark Miller because I'm curious now. Oh, Mill- well, c- considering, like, Morrison's 50, wouldn't would wouldn't he be, like, 50? Morrison is not 50. Isn't is isn't he? I thought Morrison just Marson, turned... Morrison's, like, 60. Oh, he is he?
1: 61. No. Yeah. Grant Morrison's 61 years old.
0: Oh, okay. Holy shit. Okay,
1: Jeff.
0: Yes, sorry. I'm listening. I was waiting to find out how old Mark Miller is. No. Fifty. No, I. I, I,
1: I, I want to guess.
0: I I guess I thought I guessed fifty or fifty one, and I'm almost willing to hold 51. that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. He
1: is fifty one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once that, you said that, the...
1: that, ends this round of how yeah. old are they? And honestly, yeah. gets much closer than I would have.
0: Mm, on some of them, yeah, some of them I'm really off. It says something weird that I'm unsur- maybe not that unsurprising that I can get writers better than artists. Huh. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to, like, throw more writers at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to pick up England just because I'm sure Kieran
0: and I are the same age. Yeah, that no, seems.
1: We're a year different.
0: Oh, is he a year older than you?
1: He's a year younger. Is he? Huh. Oh, yeah.
0: danged. Okay. Well, still again
1: he uh, that means he's 45 i should say that i was like of course no one else knows what age i am so it's like he's here younger than me thinking that's enough
0: for everyone to know i thought it was i hate i it's thought you right. were 45 i forgot you were are you 40 you're 46 holy shit wow okay i probably you, could have forgotten you. you're saying holy shit <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that <laughs> oh man anyway yes this episode um, is, I think, going to be called "No Podcast for Old Men." We'll see. We'll see if that <laughs> see if, see if I have the courage of my convictions for that that episode title. But I'm I'm going to go with it.
1: No, it just old everyone, so it kind of has to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's insurance. I read Hawken, by the way, and also a man named Hawken, which interestingly enough is a Timothy Truman Western from uh IDW oh, published back in two thousand is that
1: like re- is that like reprinted from like the eighties? Uh
0: no. This was this like, was
1: Truman Western that he was doing way back when
0: I mean th- that one, well he did he did a lot. There was right? Didn't he? There was of course the Jonah Hex stuff, but there was something else that I'm thinking of Renegade he or Hex, I think. Yeah. So um. Well. Right. Exactly. Anyway. No. Two thousand and ten. His son and he writing it. Uh, Truman illustrating it. It is about uh, a, a an old coot who is out for revenge. Um, and it is a it is a weird western. He sees the ghosts of everyone he has killed. Um, and they talk to him. What's nice is it's sort of presented in such a way that you can almost believe that he's, like, half crazy. Um, And it's, you know, it's good old Timothy Truman's spaghetti western hijinks. Um, I really enjoyed it. He's, you know, Truman is old, uh, and it looks like he is drawing in, like, it almost looks like the whole the series is in black and white and looks like it's being drawn practically in marker and it looks great i mean it's really interesting the pages where it's like oh it looks you know kind of like oh that looks a little shaky and then there's other things where it's like oh it's dead on you know truman is so good at um you know, feral characters being drawn in close-up. And he hasn't lost yeah, yeah. any of his edge in that. He's also got some really great dynamic layouts. His pages are just really fun to look at. So honestly, again, this was a hoopla checkout um, that I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And it it's, again, it's from 2010. So it, or 2011. I... So it's like a decade old and it, new to me, you know. Tying, tying into this, uh, something else I got from from uh,
1: Hoopla and IDW actually is uh, Walt Simonson's Ragnarok.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Which is fucking amazing. And honestly, is again one of those things where you're like, he's an old fuck, but he has, he has not lost anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is still really, really, really fucking good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He still does amazing
0: artwork. And honestly, really great, brutal comics. Mm Interesting. I know a lot of people really liked Ragnarok. I should look into it. How many issues slash collections? There are, there are, there are three collections on Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: to be very frustrating, they are not all linked together. Hmm. So Hoopla, you, I'm sure you know, collects things in series.
0: Yes. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Ragnarok series, there are two volumes, Volume 1 and Volume 2. There is a Volume 3, but it is often its own thing, wow. as Ragnarok colon... Whatever it's called,
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is volume three. Okay, that's good to know. Wow, uh,
1: but it is the, the setup is basically. So you now Marvel's is like the end, and it was like you know flash forwards into like this is the last Captain America story, this is the last Hulk story. Yeah, it's Thor the end. Mm. It's Thor wakes up after Ragnarok, and his body is fucked. Like he's basically been turned to stone mm. by everything that's happened. Mm uh I, and what what happens then what happens to thor mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a result of everything that's happened mm.
0: that sounds uh well yeah i mean it sounds like a great idea and of course you know you all those norse gods are public domain um yeah. you know it's just and of course but he he does different takes with them i assume it's not just
1: oh no it's 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 very much not like and here's the Marvel Thor, right?
0: Yeah. Or here's it, the it, Marvel it, it... Balder the Brave.
1: Well, you know. basically don't have any of the other characters. Oh, because they're all other... dead.
0: Yeah. Huh. Oh, okay. I thought it would be flashing back to the events of Ragnarok, but no, 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 it no, actually no, no. takes no, place. It's Wakanda. Oh, after. interesting. Oh, that makes it more interesting to me. I have to say, huh? Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really it is it's a very. It's a fun book, which feels like a, um, maybe the wrong word to describe it, but mm-hmm. it's it's so it is visually inventive in a way that like you expect from Simonson, mm-hmm. you know. So he's not repeating the same tricks from his star run, for example, right? Um, but it has that energy because he is like, okay, but what if I just do these like incredibly the 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 phrase I always think about when I think about Simonson's work is sharp. Right, it's very crisp. It's very the, the line work is very tight. It's very precise, mm-hmm. and so he's bringing that to it. And if anything, it's it's sharper mm. than than he was doing with with the Marvel Thor. Mm. Um, and it's more, uh, it's less funny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or less less obviously funny. There are less jokes, mm-hmm. uh, which but it's not say it's a humorless story at all. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels on a grander scale as well. It feels
0: closer to did you like his Orion work that he did for DC? Um I yeah, I liked I I liked a chunk of it. I haven't I didn't read all of it. Um it's but it's I would say it's closer to that, if anything.
3: Mm. mm.
1: Uh, in terms of, of the, the tone he's taking with it. Interesting. So yeah, it's 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 a very like it is a very good read and also one of those things where you're like Simonson has not lost it. Right. So many creators of Simonson's generation have to a greater or lesser extent, and Simonson is not. Mm. Simonson is still just out there going, Yep, this is what I'm this is what I do. I just do these visually stunning, bold comics. Mm. Uh, and this is what I like doing and I'm going back to Thor, but it's not the Thor you know, and it's not repeating any of the, the beats or the, the tropes mm. of that Thor run.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's its own thing. You know, have at it. Which is great. Huh. Okay. So yeah, it's a, yeah the, the three volumes are on Hoopla, and I do, I, I highly recommend them. I, I can never remember, because I remember that you were... I seem to remember you were less a fan of his Fantastic Four than I was.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: I mean, the weird so part... I can never remember if you were a big fan of Simonson in general or not. You know, it's... I would
0: have to say that I'm probably not, because most people... I mean, I think most people are, rightfully so, huge fans of Simonson, you know? And I do like his work. Um, And, of course, you know, I'm one of those guys who's just always going to go to bat for his work with Archie Goodwin on, like, Mm -hmm. Manhunter or Alien. But, uh, yeah, like his Thor run, I was like, I got the Thor omnibus and I was kind of going through it. And I'm like yeah, it's it's okay, I guess it's all right, you know? And then, of course, when we read the Fantastic Four stuff, it was one part, this is absolutely amazing, to, "Eh, it's kind of diminishing returns pretty quickly, isn't it? You know, so, yeah, he never really quite scratches the itch for me as much as I would like, and I I always feel like a huge... um, comic book poser in a way because of it it's true Simonson is one of those creators where it's like everyone likes Walter Simonson right Right? exactly exactly you know it's like you don't like Simonson are you just are you dumb or are you blind you know and and there's lots of stuff about him his stuff that I do like a lot I just somehow it never quite fully clicks with me which is a shame so um I'm well aware it's to my own detriment, but, uh, but yeah, he is, he's still, I mean, particularly because of the things that I do like about him, man, that guy can design a page. Like it's easy. Like I like him almost more in the abstract, like his illustrations, his cover work, you know, or though you'll see a page of his stuff and his page is just brilliant and of course everyone loves you know how well he and workmen do their lettering stuff together you know and I just I it you know but whenever it's like chasing the full narrative I'm kind of like mm, yeah it never really quite fries the old burger unfortunately mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame you know and again I was going to mention how much I thought John Severin was just an absolute beast practically right up until the end, you know, like his work when he does that really obnoxious Rawhide kid, Marvel max series, like man, Severin looks good in that. Or the, the tiger, that punisher, um, I guess you would call it a prequel, um, that, that Garth Ennis did that they had Severin draw like that. Oh yeah. Uh, astonishingly good man that was just holy shit you know just not 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 an ounce of fat on the guy but also not kind of in that sort of his stuff managed to sort of quote-unquote look like him but hadn't grown stiff you know what i mean like there's so many artists that either keep refining their line and or keep trying to to you know, do more with less and they kind of just sort of end up dropping a few of the things that you really loved about their work or they end up becoming the cover band for themselves and they it feels just stiff and lifeless, you know. And Severinsen, Simonson, uh and I don't know, it's a tough call with Truman because I feel like Truman's work was always, hmm, like... I always feel like Truman was always solidly good, but never necessarily great for me, I thought. And so seeing Hawken is kind of like, yeah, he's still got most of what I think was good about him. Um, And then the stuff that's not as good is like, I never thought he was great at that level anyway. You know what I mean? So all of which is to say maybe part of my problem with Simonson is that my expectations are always too high and I'm always too judgmental by the time, you know, the stuff kicks in, I guess.
1: Yeah, I okay, I now I'm super excited slash curious for you to try mm-hmm. um for you to try Ragnarok.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I I oddly enough think that you might dig it sort of separated from, right. from any expectation.
3: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot later in the month and that'll be my, my secret in to really digging digging the well loved and well and widely loved uh artist, you know? We can but hope. Indeed. Indeed. Graham McMillan I think it's time we uh, wrap up this this thing. Unless, of course, you've got other books to talk about. Unless there's some other super urgent news that I totally ignored. Um, no, I, I think it's probably a good idea to, to wrap it up. We've,
1: we're, we're approaching like like we're over the two hour mark. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll so be yes. two hours. Yeah. Yes. Let, let's 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 wrap it up. Um, which means that I'm going to tell all the listeners, that there's going to be show notes for this episode up on Wait What podcast. Uh, at By the time you hear this, um, there is an Instagram account at instagram.com forward slash Wait What We have a Twitter account at Wait What Podcast. Jeff has a Twitter account solo at Lazy Bastard at L-A-Z-Y B-A-S-T-I-D. I am on Twitter at Graham M at G-R-A-E-M-E-M. And we are a Patreon supporter podcast, which means Jeff has a few words to say.
0: I sure do. Hey, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for continuing to uh, lend us your ears. Um, We try to take that responsibility quite seriously. Um, You know, uh, despite the fact that we're talking about comic books. But, you know, I mean, within that framework, I would say we take that very seriously. And um, we are also seriously grateful to the people on Patreon who throw us a little bit of their hard-earned Dosh, um, which is great. I actually sent some Patreon cash to Graham uh, maybe two hours before we talked and realized, like, once again, I was like, ooh, maybe, maybe really isn't it the best use of our listeners' hard-earned Dosh that I get myself the who's who omnibus and and." the marvel handbook omnibus isn't it i don't know i'm still trying to figure that out i have to admit but i can say that no matter what what comic book misdeeds we end up doing we are incredibly grateful for your support um we should give a shout out to empress audrey queen of the galaxy for her continuing support of this podcast of this planet of this little neck of the cosmos Um, that we find ourselves in seemingly without choice. We thank you so much. Graham?
1: Seemingly without choice. (laughs) Oh,
0: Jeff. I know. Uh, That's me, my upbeat. (laughs) My upbeat self. That's me being Uh, upbeat. Yeah, sorry. You were saying. We are.
1: We we are. We're going to be back next week with a Drog. And we're doing Case Files 26?
0: 26. Yeah, it's 26. Because
1: I always always get it wrong. So I I was... definitely looking for confirmation from you there <laughs> yeah uh, we're going to do case files 26 and there's going to be more sky sharks to terrify Jeff so everyone tune in oh. for Jeff getting scared although there's more Henry Flint art so it's going to look great if nothing else um, other than that uh, Jeff is there anything you want to tell anyone before I, I sing us out
0: no I think you should cut straight to the singing Graham I will hope to have more news for people in just a scant a uh, fortnight bye